Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is Jesse Skittrell. He is a second time guest. I'm so excited to have him back. He is what I consider to be a beauty industry disruptor. Um, He is an amazing colorist, an amazing educator, and doing some things in the industry that have been a long time coming, and I think are pretty amazing. So last time we were together, we had so much to talk about. We never talked about color. So Jesse is back, (laughs) and we're going to actually talk about color today. So welcome, Jesse. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm so happy to be back. I'm so excited because I just went back to our other episode, both to make sure I don't slaughter the pronunciation of your last name. I wanted to check on that. And I noticed it was a 45 minute episode, which is amazing. So we got carried away with whatever we were talking about. And then we finished and I said, my gosh, we have to talk about hair color. So (laughs) let's get into some, uh, some hair color today. Shall we? we? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Where do you want to start? Um, what I would love to talk about is the, I actually just proposed this for the um, Premier Orlando Hair Show. I'm trying to, trying to change things up from my usual go-to classes. And I was just thinking, sitting with it, thinking, how can I be of service? How can I fill a void or need in our industry that is going to make an impact in, a, in the simplest way possible? And for me, it's 7N. It's the 7N factor. I see every single day on forums, people struggling saying, I just want a cool level seven to which I say, (laughs) good freaking luck. When you find it, you send it to me and we all retire in Bora Bora. Yes. So let's talk about that. Let's get into that. Oh, this is going to be a nice deep dive. Good one. I love it. Um, Well, this is a lot of this is going to be my opinion. So feel free to contradict me if you a little bit, a little bit, if you want to. Uh, The first thing that I like to say is don't give your, your creativity away with level. We need to stop living in level. Level is a problem. A client does not ever sit down and say, I need to be a level seven. You said they need to be a level seven, and then you're locked into that for the rest of your life. She simply said, I want to be here. So one of the things that we teach at the Board of Certified Hair Colorists that makes a difference is natural hair color categories. So level is one determiner, and it only tells one part of the story. Natural hair color categories tells the other part of the story. And your clients have a range within two levels, one direction or the other. And the second you move outside those two levels, that's when the underlying pigment starts to begin to take over and it's going to contribute more than 50%. I mean, it's just color manufacturers love to come in and tell us that theirs is better than everybody else's, but physics are physics and the laws of color are the laws of color. It's just, you cannot, that's one you cannot break no matter what. And the only way to get rid of red underlying warmth is to go lighter or to go darker. So you either have to overlift that underlying pigment so 
so far down that warmth or you have to go darker. Anytime you add blue to color, which is ash, you're going to darken and dominate everything. It's just the way it is. These are the laws of color. No color manufacturer can get around them, no matter how you slice and dice it. So stop it. I love you. And it's like a mic. I, I want to just end it right there because I'm so happy that we are in agreement on that because I get so much pushback on that. Mm-hmm. Well, I do it every day. And I'm like, okay, but, it, but seven and cool can't be in the same sentence. Right. Because seven is not cool. So if you're at a seven, you're not cool. You can get to a seven and then glaze over it to your point with a blue to make right. it appear to be as cool as possible, but it's not going to be forever. It's going to yep. rear its ugly head. Yep. And when I tell you, Jesse, the amount of time and money that I invested in my career seeking out that level seven, that everybody, that Holy grail that everyone's uh-huh. still looking for. I was like, I don't care how much it costs. I remember getting on an airplane, going to Los Angeles to a Johnny Ramirez class. I saw him advertising his class and I was like, all of his models have, you know, they don't have any warmth or brassiness. He's doing something that I, that I I need to know about. And within five minutes of a $1,200 class. So it was flight to get there. uh, I drug my husband with me. So two flights, hotels, meals, rental car, all the things, probably five grand when all was said and done in the first 10 minutes of his presentation, he said, I do not use permanent hair color. I don't even have it in my salon. I don't do any of that. I use their natural color. I highlight it to bring it all through all the warmth. And then I glaze it back down. Exactly. Thank you. Oh my God. Finally, finally the answer. It's not that he's doing it right or well or different. He's just not doing it. He's saying, he says, if a client wants full coverage like that, I pass them off to another person in my salon. Like, and they, I do lived in color. That's let them have thing. the, yep. yep let yeah. them, I mean, now in fairness, there's a couple of different things. Natural hair color category, texture are going to play your success with that. Um, and there is some formulating things that you can do to get damn close. Right. But I promise you it, that there's only two ways to get past that warmth, go lighter or go darker. And where does the strongest preponderance of orange live? Level seven. So if you want a redhead, you lift her to a seven, Beautiful. I promise you, it's yeah. going to be stunning. But if you want a cool result, I guarantee you that's not where it's going to be. And if you are ashing somebody out that much, I promise you, you're adding so much blue to it. She's not walking out a seven. She's probably walking out closer to a six and she's not going to fade. It's going to age warm no matter what. And that's the other part is all hair color fades warm, period. period. And the subject, if yeah. you want a cool result, it's no, it's not going to happen for you. I'm sorry. So you, you nailed it on the head is yeah, you, you have to, you have to pay attention to where you're starting at and stop giving your color world away, but with level, we live so much in level. It is not real by any sense of the word. I love that. And I also agree with, we are, I say, we, I'm not part of that, but the collective uh, industry are giving the client way too much. It's TMI all over the place. Mm -hmm. You know, they're talking to the client as if they're in a color class with a manufacturer, right? Oh, you're a level four and I need to take you to a level seven and that's three levels. And I'm going to, and I'm like, why, you know, imagine if our doctor, dentist, lawyer, like anyone else that we dealt with, imagine if they talked to us as if 
we were a colleague or a peer and gave us those sort of details, it would never happen. Absolutely. All of a sudden, I I think my, my theory is that there's so much going on with social media being the driving force of education and that social media, the people who are teaching on there, their accounts are open to everyone. And they're doing reels. So if a client is searching for, say, a hair colorist or color or a haircut or whatever online, they're going to start getting those reels in their feed. They're watching the tutorials Uh and they're becoming overly informed. And then they are trying to tell us what to do as far as the how to when they get in our chair, which is. And and they have a piece of information, not the whole story. So it's totally out of context. The other thing that people don't realize is video and uh, vid- video and um, print don't pick up yellow in the camera. So if something is re- in real life, it's much more gold. I promise you on camera or video, it's not going to look that way. And the same thing holds true with blues and violets. They don't pick up the intensity of blues and violets. So if you bet, and you probably experience this when you go to take a picture of purple hair color, it never looks as vibrant on camera as it does in real life. It's the same concept. So no matter what you do, the pictures always, or the video or the whatever, it's always gonna be cooler than what it looks like in 3D. And it's painful. Such a great painful. point. And and I, I'm doing a class on Sunday night this week and my daughter, there's a photo that I included with the, um, the presentation slides. And she said, mom, you don't wanna use this picture. This is totally filtered. I said, no. That's exactly why the That's picture the is being included. That's the point. My niece mm-hmm. took it. She has the long arm selfie skills. She gets everybody in with her arm. Yes. And it's it's my niece, my sister-in-law, my daughter, and my mother-in-law. And in real life, every one of them has a different hair color. With this filter that she puts over uh-huh. the whole picture, they all have the same hair color. And uh-huh. I'm making a point with it because I asked her to send me the original photo. And when you see in the original photo, how different all of their color is, and then this filtered version and the clients are bringing us the filtered Filter. version. And then yeah. when we try to explain, oh, that's, and they're like, no, they, you just yeah. don't know what you're doing. You know, they think right. like, you're just making excuses. So it's, it's really, it's so different. You know, I'm not behind the chair all the time anymore. When I do color, it's for education purposes. So I don't, I don't have the stress of dealing with these client, this new yeah. regime but, of client. I don't think I would be super patient with them. I would be very body and, and bold in how I would handle the discussion with like, no, you know, that you're not, you're not being, you're being misinformed and it's not fair um, right. kind of thing. So well, I, I give props to the new generation of, of uh, oh, handling yeah. these people. And, 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 and to that point, there are a couple of different things. We give too much control to the client. The other thing is we give too much control to the manufacturer. We need to stop believing that the magic is in the bottle of hair color because Amen. it's not, it's in us. You, I have seen incredible hair colorists that are using the cheapest shit you would ever come across. Sorry, I don't mean to swear. Um, cheapest stuff you'd ever come across. And it looks stunning and beautiful and it's durable. I've seen crappy hair colorists that use really expensive products that look like crap when they're done at the end of the day. It has nothing to do with what you're using. So this conversation also on social media of what's the best for gray, gray coverage, I mm, promise you. Drives me crazy. Manufacturers aren't making hair color that sucks. Let's stop the, there's bad hair color and good hair color. It doesn't exist. It's all about the person that's applying it and understanding it. And that's kind of our platform at Board of Certified Hair Colorists. Let us help you understand what's going on with the hair and the chemistry in the tube 
and what's in your toolbox so that you can make an informed decision because manufacturers like to take that power away and give you this artificial belief. Um, and that's, again, I keep coming back to natural hair color categories. Maybe we should just discuss that um, and why, why that is and what make, makes a difference between all of those. Um, so if you're okay, I can just go yeah, into natural hair color categories. Yeah. So this is probably one of the key cruxes. We have several of them at the Board of Certified Hair Colors. So our goal isn't to tell you that what you learned in cosmetology school or as a hair colorist is wrong. None of it's wrong. There's just a huge component that's missing that tells the rest of the story. And natural hair color categories is one of them. So we've been trained to understand hair color uh, level one through 10, one through 12, whatever the case is. Dark, the lower the number, the darker the color, the higher the number, the lighter the color, very easy. Every manufacturer makes levels. So there's no such thing as a true level six. We need to stop with that. The manufacturer got together in a room and said, this is our level six. That's how it's determined. Then they put it on a scale. So they determine that, not you. So you have to gear your eye to the manufacturer's level system and begin to get comfortable with that. That's why sticking with one color brand sometimes or two, two or three is within a range. And again, traditionally European hair colors run a little darker and American hair colors run a little bit lighter as a standard fair, fair rule, not always, but they're as a standard rule. Natural hair color categories is a different game. It's where are you coming from naturally. So there's four hair color categories in the world, which has <laughs> nothing to do with ethnicity. So we want to eliminate that conversation. So there's no more conversation of it's Asian hair, it's Hispanic hair, stop that conversation. Now that <laughs> the color of the skin doesn't matter. Their ethnicity is not part of it. Regardless of your ethnicity, there's still only four natural hair color categories in the world. And we call them WRBS. So starting off with the B category, the B category you want to ask some very specific questions and two specific questions. The first is when you were born, what color hair were you born with? And what, how old were you when it changed? And when you went out into the sun in the summer, what color did it turn? It will tell you everything mm -hmm. to tell you how that hair lifts, lifts and better yet what they're comfortable in. Now the B category person more than likely when she was born, she was born in what we call the blackish brown category. She had dark hair. Her natural level lives between a one and a four, if we're going to call it a level system. And that's a quite a big range. When you ask her, she could have been born blonde. If she was born blonde, she was born toehead white blonde because the pigment that makes white blonde is the same that makes black. Um, but it changed very quickly, like within six months to three years old, she was dark. Um, very dark. Uh, my daughter's one of those. Says that she was born blonde and she's in the B category and she flipped very quickly. Um, and in the B category, when you ask them, what color did your hair turn when you went out to the sun? You need to pay attention. They will say it simply got lighter. They will not use the phrase it got redder. That's very important because it, all it did is it went from a two to a three. There's not a lot of red there. There were still brown. It just was browner. It was just a lighter brown. No big deal. Um, they are not used to a lot of variants in their hair color. They're used to opaque results. This is why when we're working on great coverage in a B category client, she wants opacity. She doesn't want warmth. She doesn't, we fight this all the time. You know, those typical clients that have a thicker and they're probably gonna have a coarser structure and we're fighting that warmth no matter what we do. And we're doing great coverage at the same time. It's this fine little dance, no matter what we do. If you try to give her great blending, she's 
she's going to smack you across the face because she's not used to seeing highlights in her hair. So it's going to, you're going to play that game a little bit on what, what you do. Now, when they go gray, they look great because that high contrast is there, that smoky background to that really white hair. It looks stunning, but it's a bit of a difficult challenge to get them there. Uh, the, the easiest thing I tell people is when you look at their melanin structure, you melanin fail melanin, 80 to 90% of their physical structure is actually the melanin versus protein from the cortex, medulla, et cetera, et cetera. It's actually the melanin. So if you were to deconstruct that, AKA bleach the baby Jesus out of it till it was a level <laughs> 10, you, it's kind of like trying to take the chocolate chips out of a cookie and leave the cookie whole. It's not going to happen. It's highly unlikely that you're going, not impossible, but highly unlikely that you're taking a level one, level two and palming her up to a 11, 12, 13, 14. You're just not really going to do that because the structure of the hair isn't going to be there. So that's the B category person. But what that tells you is how they're going to lift. It also tells you what colors and levels they're going to be the most comfortable in and what their expectations are for great coverage. As a general rule, there's always going to be somebody that's going to pop outside of that rule. But nine times out of 10, that lets us know what their eyeball is going to be the most comfortable in. So if you say, I'm going to hang you to a level six, I guarantee you she's probably going to have a junior freakout that is going to feel blonde to her. And better yet, it's also gonna feel a lot warmer and she's not comfortable in that category. The uh, W category person, warm brown. When she was born, she was born blonde and she possibly born blonde or born with brown hair. But if she was born light, it changed by the time she hit puberty. So I always say when the boobs start popping, the hair got darker. So puberty hit, it automatically darkened. So she had to have pictures of her hair darkening. When she went out into the sun as a child, what happened is her hair got warmer. So she would say red, she would say gold. It got, you know, a little bit auburn -y and, and they always love to do this one. I have redheads in my family, you know, which means nothing. All hair colors warm. Now the big aha here is if you are working with light on a computer, and I dare anybody to do this, take the computer scale and I want you to go to orange. You know how they, you can saturate it. And I want you to saturate orange all the way out. You'll end up with brown. Brown is not brown. Brown is really orange. It's just heavily, heavily saturated. So it makes sense when we lighten it, what color is going to be exposed? Warmth. Its natural underlying pigment is going to be warm no matter what we do. Her natural level lives between a four and a six. When she goes gray, it doesn't look real good because it's contrasting against that warm background. So this is a client that fakes being a redhead really, really well. We can color her into auburn. They're very comfortable with that. They, in some variances in color, are, feel good to them. We can do gray blending and it feels okay with, with to them. We can do gray coverage as well and it works very well for them. But what I want you to notice is that level four crossed over. There's a level four in the B category and there's a level four in the W category. So visualize for a second with me, and I'm sorry, I'm talking so much, Elaine. No, this is uh, awesome. Keep going. <laughs> um, the, I get a little passionate about this one. This is, if you visualize with me for a second, that client that you've ever put a level five uh, mahogany or burgundy on, and it's very purple, and the same client, and it looks copper. Like, what the hell happened? Well, that client that's a level four in the B category has more melanin structure in her hair size-wise. So the finished result is gonna appear cooler by leaps and bounds. 
and vice versa. On the other side with the W category, she has less melanin structure and they're smaller. So it's going to expand those and all that little bit of underlying pigment is gonna really affect the finished result. So understanding their natural hair color category is gonna make a huge, huge difference to the finished result of where you're going. Then there's the S category. S category stands for soft brown. Soft brown people, I'm sorry, my email is going crazy. Uh, soft brown people are, were born blonde and they stayed blonde well into high school and they perceive themselves as blonde. And these are usually the ones that'll say, well, when I started having kids, I darken, you know, hormones take over, life just happens. And they, they're, they maturize or they flatten out. Their natural level lives between a six and a 10. And they perceive themselves as blonde. They'll do whatever they can to stay blonde. Gray hair on them is just the wrong color of blonde. So all we have to do is do a quick color wash and that gray hair now all of a sudden becomes highlights, right? We've done this about a million times. And that's the client that we, we can play with a lot. And they're used to some huge variances. But if you were to put a level five on that client, I guarantee you the first words out of her mouth, oh my God, it's black. She's gonna mm -hmm. perceive that as so dark. So understanding where they're coming from mentally and what they're used to seeing is gonna tell you a lot, again, how they're gonna lift, what tonality. So especially in the S category, you can say where you, when you went out into the sun, obviously they're gonna say, I got blonder. Did you turn toehead white blonde or were you a goldy blonde? Because again, it's gonna tell us how they're going to lift and, and what they're gonna be the more comfortable in tonality wise. But the one thing I want everybody to pay attention to is that six crossover. You saw a six in the W category and you saw a six in the S category. Very important. If they were both sitting in front of you, they would look exactly the same. And you would say, she's a level six. The challenge is every manufacturer will come at you and they'll say, high lift tint is magic and it lifts four levels and makes people super blonde and there's no warmth. And they want you to believe the magic is within the tube. And if I ask hair colorists, 50% of them will say, I've had success with high lift. 50% will say it was a brassy mess and I don't trust it. What's the difference? And it's that level six. That level six that lives in the S category is ideal for high lifting. You're gonna get a great result on her. And if she's fine, you're even gonna get a better result on her because as we know, texture dictates more how hair lifts. That level six that's in the W category is not a good candidate for high lift tint. Again, if they're sitting in front of you, they're gonna look exactly the same. So how are you gonna determine based off of just level which one's gonna have success and which one's gonna have failure. You're gonna to have to ask those consultation questions. Vitally, vitally important. Then the last category is the R category. The R category is red, obviously. When they were born, they were born red. And they want what they had and they stayed red throughout their life. And redheads, as they age, they match right. So it just gets a little ashier and flatter. Understand the, the color molecule that makes that up is called trichosiderine. Trichosiderine is a mutated version of phail melanin. Phail melanin is the melanin that's responsible for the red to pale yellow pigments in the hair. It has a higher co copper concentration to it. So if you've ever taken a look at a redhead, you'll notice that they're very kind of greeny yellow at the scalp and they don't get red until they're away from the mid lengths and ends. So it requires a little bit of length on the hair. And when they do gray coverage and they go gray, they don't really go gray. They kind of get peachier over dusty. a period of time. They get dusty and, and they peach. Dusty, <laughs> right. And, and dusty and peach. And then they actually make really great white eventually. And that's the other component that we have to talk about a little bit. And redheads, you know, they'll come in, they'll sit down, you'll whip out the swatch book. And this is a classic move. They pull out 7.43 or 7CG and they go, this is what I want. We slap that on their head. We rip, take the towel off and they go, oh my God, I look like a clown. 
because you didn't pay attention to the fact that they should be a little deeper and cooler at the scalp, not red at the scalp and red on the mid lengths and ends. And I promise you, if you did a little root shadow on that or formulated differently, you'd have better success. Redheads are a little bit painful to lift because of the copper content. These are the ones that we want to, um, and their natural level lives between a seven and a nine. So if we start going above a nine, you see all those artificial reds that are, you know, she's a level 10 strawberry blonde, mm, not so much. It doesn't, red stops existing at a certain point. So right. uh, natural. So if you want the ideal red, she needs to be a six, seven or eight. That's like the, that perfect underlying pigment tone to support all of those things. So the other, the other part about that is we're all busy covering gray with neutral or natural and a redhead doesn't need any neutral or natural in the formula. They need gold or even some mahoganies or backgrounds to it. So we give away our color book a lot. We, we open up our color crayon box and grab the browns a lot. And we don't necessarily need to do that. Uh, redheads are a challenge because you say to a redhead, what color you were born with? I was born with red hair. What color did your hair turn when you went out into the sun? Well, redheads don't go in the sun. <laughs> it's just so the way true. it's just so we we just get redder it, literally as as the skin is is gone now over a period of time they maturize or they get flatter or they get ashier and you have to ask the question i'm a really great example of that when people look at me they're going to say he's about a level six possibly level seven depending upon which category if you treat me like i am any other six or seven out there i guarantee you you're going to get a nasty little surprise my, I was born a redhead and I stayed a redhead well into my world. I've flattened out as I got older. And I don't know if you can see here, but I'm easily 50% gray on the side, but it doesn't reflect the same as somebody in a W category because of the, it, it's, it, it's just a different reflection and it plays a little bit differently. But I've had people treat me like I'm just a standard level seven and they're awfully surprised that it behaves like a redhead. It takes forever for things to lift. So a quick little trick on that is to demineralize the hair. Malibus, Get Pures, um, any of the mineral detoxes. I think L'Oreal just came out with one. There's lots of different brands. If you do a mineral detox beforehand, because that copper is a mineral, it'll begin that breakdown process. They'll light easier. So, so that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. So once you get understand natural hair color categories next to level, all of a sudden your crayon box changed because you'll notice there's four, a range of two levels darker and a range of two levels lighter. So we need to stop saying to that client, she wants to be a level seven. No, she didn't. She wants to be a level or two lighter than her natural hair color category. What is that? And she, within that range. So makes a huge, huge difference in the conversation. And when you pop that conversation out and you ask those questions with the guest, it's amazing the amount of control you can take back and you need to stop getting them to set the expectation. It's kind of like having somebody try to describe a picture in their head and you're expected to paint it. It's mm -hmm. not gonna happen. It's much easier if I can describe the picture and sell it and I have control of the conversation and I can sell it back to them. And the way that you do that is you have to have control of the conversation and you have to come off as an expert. So stop giving it away to everybody else, to the manufacturers, stop giving it away to the client and control that conversation. And like you said, set some realistic expectations for God's sakes. So that's that's kind of natural hair color categories in a nutshell. There's a lot more that's involved in it, but that's kind of the microwave version of it. And again, that's board certified hair colorist principles. We teach that in the board certified hair colorist um, exam. The other part that 
needs to be told a little bit more on that line is um, the difference between gray hair and white hair. Mm. And ma manufacturers screw this up all the time. And they'll say they treat gray hair and white hair the same. They are not. Gray hair is when pigment production has slowed down to such a point that the eye can no longer perceive it. And we, the hair starts to um, harden up with protein because the, the color molecule, the melanin structure hasn't expanded to the same size that it used to. So the hair is compensating by producing melanin, hence the reason it gets coarser. White hair is when pigment production stops and pigment, that's the moment that it becomes very porous. And we've all had that client we've done for a million years, six and 20 volume, and you put it on and you go to rinse it out and she's a two around the hairline and we make up crap. She, did you use salicylic acids? Are you a smoker? What did you do different? Did you have the COVID shot? I mean, I've heard all sorts of stupidity and it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with this is white hair and this is gray hair. We're taught to apply gray coverage in the front because it's the, usually the most resistant in what the guest finds. We have to do our job and figure out where are they at in that graying process. And the easiest way is because usually they come in with an eighth of an inch of regrowth. If you take one hair and you roll it between your fingers, a gray hair will trip the sensory nerves. A white hair will not, you'll see it between your fingers, but you will not feel it between your fingers. So That's just kind of kind of a fun way to, to touch. Cause they, you know, they always come in when they see the smallest amount. And I guarantee you that client's probably 80, 90, 100% gray, white transition somewhere. And so then we just have to formulate differently and apply differently. Maybe we apply to the back first. And maybe we apply a deposit only in the front of the hair, or maybe we apply thinner in the front of the hair and we apply thicker in the back of the hair. So it insulates a little bit. There's lots of different ways that we can do that, but it's our job to be aware of what's going on with that hair and stop giving it away to the manufacturers. Okay. I'm off, I'm off my soapbox now. So much to unpack there. I, first <laughs> like, of all, I, I love that whole system about asking the client, um, you know, what, what did you, what happened when you went out in the sun? Yeah. Everything that you just suggested is all part of the consultation. And it's yes. my belief that that is where people are going wrong. First and foremost, yes. forget about formulation, yes. forget about brand, yes. forget about any of the tools oh, in your toolbox. If you mm -hmm. don't have that conversation and have it every single visit, yes. you know, you see people mixing the person's parking their car yep. and they're mixing up their color. <laughs> and it's like, I love to say to a client, oh my gosh, Mary, I thought about you when I was in the shower this morning right. and, you know, I just watched a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie and she had these beautiful butterscotch highlights in her brunette hair. How yep. about some, how about some butterscotch today? And their, their face is just like, wow, you actually thought of me this morning. Like right. it's so special and it's such a connecting point to actually make them see, feel seen, heard yeah, and cared absolutely. for versus same as last time, you know, chopping right. on the gum, mixing it up. And, oh, yeah. and it's just such a missed opportunity having a really powerful conversation. So I love that. I love that you talked about the six N factor because Oh. In every single line, people will write to me and say, I just got a job at, you know, an Aveda salon and I've been using Walla for 20 years. I'm freaking out. I don't know what I'm going to do. And my thing to them is grab your existing line in a yep. 6N and grab the new line in a 6N. And that will Perfect. tell the story because yep. that is the one shade. Anytime I tried a new line, I was like, send me the six because yep. that's where the biggest differential is. And once you know that, then you're home free, you know, exactly. whether it's leaning lighter or darker than your other line. Um, but yeah, we're giving too much power to the client. Oh. We're giving too much power to 
um, you know, using higher volumes of developer, thinking that that's the answer to making a level two into a 22. Um, there, there's what's possible and there's what's not. And I love right. that you said, stay within two levels each way. I preach that to the high heavens. Like someone just wrote to me this morning. She's like, my client's a two. I want to make her a seven. What do you think? And I said, I think that that's not a good idea. Uh, no. I think that that's yeah. way too far. And you can do that, but do it in foil. Don't attempt right. to do it with a single process. You're neither of you are going to be gonna happy. Happen. In the end. Yeah. Not gonna. And even if you do kind of get it there, I guarantee you it's not going to wear well. And all right. of a sudden now you're going to have highlighted hair and this base color warm thing going on. And it's not going to look good in six weeks. Does It just doesn't wear well. So. It's yeah, absolutely. The consultation thing, I, Elaine, I can't even tell you uh, 110%. And because we experience this in our apprenticeship program as well, is that is one of the core skills. And this is where cosmetology school unfortunately messes us up because, and I mean no shade when I say this, a lot of the instructors are not working professionals. So they haven't had to do a working consultation that is really real world applicable. And what I mean by that is um, Beth Minardi, I love, she gave me a phrase a long time ago and I have loved this forever. Are you interested in my feedback and ideas or are you looking to continue with what you've currently been doing? And that lets us know, I have ideas. I have ideas on what we could do with the hair. And I love what you talked about in the shower. I had to quit doing that because when I say, I talk, thought about you in the sounds shower. Creepy. <laughs> it sounds creepy and it doesn't come off well, but um, I, I'm with you. And I, my, my all-time favorite is when, the, the, when you're talking to the guest and I, we can give you scripts till we're blue in the face. That's part of the problem is I can give you a script till I'm blue in the face. If you don't know what to do with the information, it means nothing. nothing. So you have to really be aware and be present, practice active listening with that guest and really hear what's being said and what's not being said. Know when to ask an open question and when to ask a closed question because there's a time for that. And you have to really connect with that client and sit down and put all of your energy in front of her. So one of the things I like to use is light brings out and dark receives, just like makeup. You know, when you contouring, it's the same thing. And every woman will sit down and they do this in the mirror. Oh my God, I have a good double chin. I hate my double chin. I hate my double chin. And I like to say, if I just, just a thought, if I take this section directly behind your ear and take carve out a C-shaped section and I make this a little bit darker, probably not all the way to the ends, but a little bit darker, what that's going to do is dark recedes and it's going to make all of this a little bit more narrow. All of a sudden, they open up their pocketbook and they say, here, do whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, and of course I like to show a makeup technique. There is, you know, hair and makeup go together of, of create what I call the magic rainbow right here. Every woman worries about the Turkey goggle, 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 whatever. <laughs> and having them, you know, contour right on top of that and then drawing it down either side of the trach. So between that and that all of a sudden I can make a huge dramatic difference to their face. And it's amazing how they'll put the control as soon as I present my idea, like you said, the butterscotch highlights or the low light, it's amazing how fast they'll give us the control and the range and go, okay, one less thing for me to think about. So I love that. And, and really paying attention to the fact that there is a person under that hair. I can't tell yes. you how many times I look at a photograph and I think, 
did you even look at her face? Like that color, that cut, like nothing is talking to that face. It's completely wrong all around. And I think it goes back to giving the power to the client. They're taking a photograph that the client's showing them of JLo or Jen Aniston or some beautiful celebrity. And they're like, I want this hair. Well, you still are going to have your face right? and you can have that hair all day long, but you're not going to look like that. And describing to them exactly what you said, you know, I have a very pointy, prominent chin. So I might really love uh, a really angled Bob, but that would be the worst thing ever for me to bring attention to this chin. So saying in the nicest way possible and showing them that you are the professional and you know better is going to be well-received, you know, it's going to be an experience they haven't gotten elsewhere because everyone else they've gone to has given them exactly what they want and no suggestion of anything different. And my, and I'm totally hundred percent with you. And my suggestion to new hair colors that are out there is borrow my voice until you develop your own, borrow your mentor's voice, borrow an older hair, listen to the words they use. I promise you they have practiced them and practice this in your head practice what this sounds like because it makes a huge difference like you said butterscotch highlights you didn't say gold and those are two different things if i had said gold i would have sent you into a, a, a freak out spiral because that means yellow and it's brassy butterscotch is it's edible butterscotch is wonderful so you chose that word very on purpose why did you choose that word and so role play those things so a couple of different key things that i like to say with people anytime whatever i remove in length i make up in volume when we're talking about shape so which is more important the length or the volume okay you pick because i can accommodate number two anytime hair moves it infers youth and that's whether it's color or whether it's texture. If I can move that hair, it infers youth. I can take a young woman and hairspray the hell out of her hair and all of a sudden I'm gonna add 20 years to her. So I can do that with color and I can do that with the shape as well. So which one's more important to you? So anytime I remove length, I can create more volume and which one's more important to you and I can create the illusion of youth by doing something like that. And that those are the words that help you control the conversation. And I, practice, practice, practice consultation. When you when it fails with the client, you need to have the ability to have self-awareness and self-reflection to be able to step back and say, yeah, I screwed that up. Here's where my DNA was on that. Here's where I technically went wrong, but here's where I could have changed my words and been better about that. What worked about that conversation? What didn't work about that conversation? And better yet, how am I? I responsible for that. And I think we're missing that component hugely across the board. So again, I agree. So that, that leads me to the next thing that, that makes sure. me crazy is all of the firing that's going on in the <laughs> industry all of a sudden. Yes. I, I've been doing this 35 years. I can recall in the 35 years, firing two clients, two yes. in 35 years. Have I had many other difficult clients? 1000%. But I only have fired the ones that disrespected me as, right. as a human being. It had nothing to do with the hair or any of the things they put me through that way. That's my job. Um, but they crossed the line and were disrespectful to me or my staff and need it to go. Um, I think now it's this new, you know, we were all brought up as work really hard, be respectful, be professional, do what you need to do, put the long hours in. The new generation is I want to work three days a week. I want Uh a lunch break. I want 42 smoke breaks. And I only want three clients a day. I'm booked. Um, You know, they're so far to the other side, which we could learn a lot from them, right? With boundaries and networking like crazy people. Um, 
but this firing is, you know, oh, she's, you know, and I'm looking at the photograph. It's it's on a Facebook forum and it'll be like this client, you know, and of course they post the, the conversation from a text, which is so wrong to share that on social media. It's just not okay. Um, and they'll make the client crazy and they show the photograph. They're like, this is what she wanted. And this is what I gave her. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm with the client. And I don't say it. I don't jump in right. and put myself right. out there because it's you can't argue with that. Now they're, they're sticking to their story, but I'm like, what you gave her is nothing like the photograph. Her hair does right. not look good. You charged her, you know, $600. It looks like it's an $80 service. If that, um, and you're wrong. Like you just said right before this, like know where your DNA is, know where, what you right. had a part in. Like, when did we stop becoming responsible for what we do and making it all about them having, you know, COVID, uh, complications oh, yeah. and medication, thyroid, diabetes, like everybody's using all these excuses. When if you and I sat down with them and asked them three basic color theory questions, they would flunk the test. They don't really yes. understand what they're doing. So there's the blame game and the blame oh, yeah. game can get you, you know, through a shitty situation, but it's not going to get you far as a career colorist. You need to suck it up, swallow your pride and admit when you made a mistake and say, come back and let me make this right. Not go away forever. You're making me sad. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm with you 110%. The one thing I would say to any new hair colorist that's listening is the, the, and, and we stated it. Yes. We're, and I'm going to call, call us what they would call us. They're going to call us boomers. They're going to say that behavior is over here. And then we just listed their behavior that's over here. The pendulum swings both ways. Let's find something that's in the middle a little bit. That. That's something that's a little bit more balanced. And again, like you said, what is, where's my DNA on this? Reflect on the conversation. Let's apply the benefit of the doubt. Let's be a little bit more grace. I've noticed as a whole, as a society, especially through this pandemic, we have stopped with applying grace. We've stopped with giving the benefit of the doubt. It's immediately go for the throat. And we expect everybody to meet us where we're at, but we're not willing to meet them where they're at. And that's part of the challenge is the guest is over here saying, well, meet me where I'm at. And the colors is saying, no, meet me where I'm at. And nobody's meeting in the middle. And that's mm. consultation and that's conversation and that's clarity. And I, I'm with you 110%, especially the firings. So when you get those, I would highly say, take a second, take, just take a second and ask yourself, be hard on yourself, critique yourself. Could did I do everything I possibly could have done? And I'm going to guarantee you at least half the time, you're probably going to come back and go, I could have, I should have said, I could have done this formula. I could have, this is the technique. And the biggest thing that I see, and I'm with you hundred percent, there's two things I saw on social media this week. One, somebody was mixing all of their hair color for the day. They had five hair colors and they had all of their disposable bowls out. They had all of their color. They had all of their developers. They didn't mix them. They were just in the bowl. I'm like, one, you missed a whole consultation. You missed a whole opportunity to grow your business. Those clients, I promise you, are going to be leaving you in you know, a year, if not less, because they want something different when somebody else is available. And number two, the ultimate that I get is the picture of the client in the bowl. They've lightened the hair and they go, what toner should I use? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that's right. You had no plans. You didn't have a plan and now you're relying on the rest of us to formulate social media yeah oh my god and i i don't know what you have in your your toolbox i don't know what you what you know i i don't know the hair that's going on and you didn't have at least three different options of plans before you started going into this and now you want me to, and then you're mad that and then of course it's not your fault so it's 
check yourself before you wreck yourself a little bit, you know, before, before you move on, I promise you. And I'm with you. The firing thing has gotten a little bit out of control, a little bit out of control when, especially when we're talking about formulations and hair color disrespect, there is a time and a place I I'm with you, but I, I, there's only been, I'm with you. I can say in my salon ownership, that I've actually fired five clients in the last 35 years, not myself personally, but within my overall yeah. salon ownership practice. Yeah. Well, of course I, I could carry on this conversation for oh, another yeah. five, five hours. So we need a, we need a part oh, three, Jesse. I need, okay. I need to get I'm, on your I'm calendar down. for part three, because the and, next one, I want to talk about the other peeve of um, resistant gray hair and pre-softening oh, the gray hair. Like we could talk for oh, another hour about that. Put double thing. pigmented on that formula because I got a peeve there with it too. So yeah, we got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Double pigmented and um, pre-softening. Resistant gray. Oh. Yes. Ugh. That's a date. So well, tell I'm people how it. they can find you, Jesse. You are amazing. You're a wealth of information. <laughs> Thank and you. To, I appreciate need to connect it. with you. Um, I'm the executive director for the Board of Certified Hair Colors. So if you go to boardofcertifiedhaircolorist.com, you can find all my contact information there, my email, et cetera, et cetera. Contact me there. I do also run a federally registered apprenticeship program. Um, it's called Adarashi, A-T-A-R-A-S-H-I-I. -I. You're more than welcome to find me there as well if you want to participate. I know we're moving into Pennsylvania and Vermont and we're constantly oh, taking on new states. Yes, Don't tease me like that. No, not teasing you at all. I got, it's, it's very That's real. That's amazing. So, I'm excited so we, about that. We, we just finished up, uh, where did we just go? We just finished up Iowa was the latest state that we took on. So um, we're taking it by the storm. So I got a lot of plates. I do do clients. I do do clients. I um, perform services as well on a very small handful of clients um, as well. So I do what we talk about every single day. So in a small way. Awesome. I love what you're doing and I appreciate Thanks, you. And I thank you for your time. And thank oh, my you pleasure. everyone for listening to yes. us talk about color. We will yes. see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.